section fourteen of the crime of sylvestre bonheur by anatole france this librivox recording is in the public domain part two the daughter of clementine chapter one the fairy when i left the train at the melon station night had already spread its peace over the silent country the soil heated through all the long day by a strong sun by a gros soleil as the harvesters of the val de vire say still exhaled a warm heavy smell lush dense odours of grass passed over the level of the fields i brushed away the dust of the railway carriage and joyfully inhaled the pure air my travelling-bag filled by my housekeeper with linen and various small toilet articles mundities seemed so light in my hand that i swung it about just as a schoolboy swings his strapped package of rudimentary books when the class is let out would to heaven that i were again a little urchin at school but it is fully fifty years since my good dead mother made me some tartines of bread and preserves and placed them in a basket of which she slipped the handle over my arm and then led me thus prepared to the school kept by monsieur du loire at a corner of the passage du commerce well known to the sparrows between a court and a garden the enormous monsieur du loire smiled upon us genially and patted my cheek to show no doubt the affectionate interest which my first appearance had inspired but when my mother had passed out of the court startling the sparrows as she went monsieur du loire ceased to smile he showed no more affectionate interest he appeared on the contrary to consider me as a very troublesome little fellow i discovered later on that he entertained the same feelings towards all his pupils he distributed wax of his ferule with an agility no one could have expected on the part of so corpulent a person but his first aspect of tender interest invariably reappeared when he spoke to any of our mothers in our presence and always at such times while warmly praising our remarkable aptitudes he would cast down upon us a look of intense affection still those were happy days which i passed on the benches of m du loire with my little playfellows who like myself cried and laughed by turns with all their might from morning till evening after a whole half-century these souvenirs flowed up again fresh and bright as ever to the surface of memory under this starry sky whose face has in no wise changed since then and to serene and immutable lights will doubtless see many other schoolboys such as i was slowly turn into grey-headed servants afflicted with catarrh stars who have shone down upon each wise or foolish head among all my forgotten ancestors it is under your soft light that i now feel stir within me a certain poignant regret i would that i could have a son who might be able to see you when i shall see you no more how i should love him ah such a son would what am i saying why he would be no just twenty years old if you had only been willing clementine you whose cheeks used to look so ruddy under your pink hood but you are married to that young bank clerk noel alexandra 
who made so many millions afterwards i never met you again after your marriage clementine but i can see you now with your bright curls and your pink hood a looking-glass a looking-glass a looking-glass really it would be curious to see what i look like now with my white hair sighing clementine's name to the stars still it is not right to end with sterile irony the thought begun in the spirit of faith and love no clementine if your name came to my lips by chance this beautiful night be it for ever blessed your dear name and may you ever as a happy mother a happy grandmother enjoy to the very end of life with your rich husband the utmost degree of that happiness which you had the right to believe you could not win with the poor young scholar who loved you if though i cannot even now imagine it if your beautiful hair has become white clementine bear worthily the bundle of keys confided to you by noel alexandra and impart to your grandchildren the knowledge of all domestic virtues ah beautiful night she rules with such noble repose over men and animals alike kindly loosed by her from the yoke of daily toil and even i feel her beneficent influence although my habits of sixty years have so changed me that i can feel most things only through the signs which represent them my world is wholly formed of words so much of a philologist i have become each one dreams the dream of life in his own way i have dreamed it in my library and when the hour shall come in which i must leave this world may it please god to take me from my ladder from before my shelves of books well well it is really himself pardieu how are you monsieur sylvestre molnar and where have you been travelling to all this time over the country while i was waiting for you at the station with my cabriolet you missed me when the train came in and i was driving back quite disappointed to lausanne give me your valise and get up here beside me in the carriage why do you know it is fully seven kilometres from here to the chateau who addresses me thus at the very top of his voice from the height of his cabriolet monsieur paul de gabry nephew and heir of monsieur honore de gabry peer of france in eighteen forty two who recently died at monaco and it was precisely to monsieur paul de gabry's house that i was going with that valise of mine so carefully strapped by my housekeeper this excellent young man has just inherited conjointly with his two brothers-in-law the property of his uncle who belonging to a very ancient family of distinguished lawyers had accumulated in his chateau at lusance a library rich in manuscripts some dating back to the fourteenth century it was for the purpose of making an inventory and catalogue of these manuscripts that i had come to lausance at the urgent request of monsieur paul de gabry whose father a perfect gentleman and distinguished bibliophile had maintained the most pleasant relations with me during his lifetime to tell the truth monsieur paul has not inherited the fine tastes of his father monsieur paul likes sporting 
he is a great authority on horses and dogs and i much fear that of all the sciences capable of satisfying or of duping the inexhaustible curiosity of mankind those of the stable and the dog kennel are the only ones thoroughly mastered by him i cannot say i was surprised to meet him since we had made a rendezvous but i acknowledge that i had become so preoccupied with my own thoughts that i had forgotten all about the chateau de lazance and its inhabitants and that the voice of the gentleman calling out to me as i started to follow the country road winding away before me en bon ruban de queue as they say had given me quite a start i fear my face must have betrayed my incongruous distraction by a certain stupid expression which it is apt to assume in most of my social transactions my valise was pulled up into the carriage and i followed my valise my host pleased me by his straightforward simplicity i don't know anything myself about your old parchments he said but i think you will find some folks to talk to at the house besides the cure who writes books himself and the doctor who is a very good fellow although a radical you will meet somebody able to keep you company i mean my wife she is not a very learned woman but there are few things which she can't divine pretty well then i count upon being able to keep you with us long enough to make you acquainted with mademoiselle jeanne who has the fingers of a magician and the soul of an angel and is this delightfully gifted young lady one of your family i asked not at all replied monsieur pole then she is just a friend of yours i persisted rather stupidly she is lost both her father and mother answered monsieur de gabry keeping his eyes fixed upon the ears of his horse whose hoofs rang loudly over the road blue tinted by the moonshine her father managed to get us into some very serious trouble and we did not get off with a fright either then he shook his head and changed the subject he gave me due warning of the ruinous condition in which i should find the chateau and the park they had been absolutely deserted for thirty-two years i learned from him that monsieur honore de gabry his uncle had been on very bad terms with some poachers whom he used to shoot at like rabbits one of them a vindictive peasant who had received a whole charge of shot in his face lay in wait for the seigneur one evening behind the trees of the mall and very nearly succeeded in killing him for the ball took off the tip of his ear my uncle monsieur pole continued tried to discover who had fired the shot but he could not see any one and he walked back slowly to the house the day after he called his steward and ordered him to close up the manor and the park and allow no living soul to enter he expressly forbade that anything should be touched or looked after or any repairs made on the estate during his absence he added between his teeth that he would return at easter or trinity sunday as they say in the song and just as the song has it trinity sunday passed without a sign of him he died last year at monaco my brother-in-law and myself were the first to enter the chateau after it had been abandoned for thirty-two years we found a chestnut tree growing in the middle of the parlour 
as for the park it was useless trying to visit it because there were no longer any paths or alleys my companion ceased to speak and only the regular hoof-beat of the trotting horse and the chirping of insects in the grass broke the silence on either hand the sheaves standing in the fields took in the vague moonlight the appearance of tall white women kneeling down and i abandoned myself awhile to those wonderful childish fancies which the charm of night always suggests after driving under the heavy shadows of the mall we turned to the right and rolled up a lordly avenue at the end of which the chateau suddenly rose into view a black mass with turrets en poivriere we followed a sort of causeway which gave access to the court of honour and which passing over a moat full of running water doubtless replaced a long vanished drawbridge the loss of that drawbridge must have been i think the first of various humiliations to which the warlike manner had been subjected ere being reduced to that pacific aspect with which it received me the stars reflected themselves with marvellous clearness in the dark water monsieur pole like a courteous host escorted me to my chamber at the very top of the building at the end of a long corridor and then excusing himself for not presenting me at once to his wife by reason of the lateness of the hour bade me good-night my apartment painted in white and hung with chintz seemed to keep some traces of the elegant gallantry of the eighteenth century a heap of still glowing ashes which testified to the pains taken to dispel humidity filled the fireplace whose marble mantelpiece supported a bust of Moe antoinette in basalt attached to the frame of the tarnished and discoloured mirror two brass hooks that had once doubtless served the ladies of old-fashioned days to hang their chatelaines on seemed to offer a very opportune means of suspending my watch which i took care to wind up beforehand for contrary to the opinion of the thelemites i hold that man is only master of time which is life itself when he has divided it into hours minutes and seconds that is to say into parts proportioned to the brevity of human existence and i thought to myself that life really seems short to us only because we measure it irrationally by our own mad hopes we have all of us like the old man in the fable a new wing to add to our building i want for example before i die to finish my history of the abbots of st germain de prez the time god allots to each one of us is like a precious tissue which we embroider as we best know how i had begun my woof with all sorts of philological illustrations so my thoughts wandered on and at last as i bound my foulard about my head the notion of time led me back to the past and for the second time within the same round of the dial i thought of you clementine to bless you again in your prosperity if you have any before blowing out my candle and falling asleep amid the chanting of the frogs end of section fourteen